table. How are we tonight? So good to be with you guys. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Alec. I'm part of the team at the table here. Man, it's kind of weird for me to be in this room right now, especially up here on the front, but not for the reason you think. It's weird for me because the last time I stood up here was just over two years ago when I was getting married. Can we give it up to my wife, Tori, for being married to me? Man, what a different life. What, I mean, that seems like a, a lifetime ago, those two years ago. Um, August 2017, August 31st, got married right here in this building and moved into the busiest season of my life. I was working 20 hours a week here um, at what used to be called Anthem, which is now called The Table. And I was working about 30 hours a week at a restaurant in town as a server. And then since I had just gotten married, it made sense to me, I should also probably take four classes online this semester, you know, just so I can be an extra bad husband this first three months. That sounds like a good idea. And then, um, I mean, as you can imagine, my schedule was full to the brim. Um, Monday, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I would work, wake up at like 6 a.m., leave the house by 7, be here at work till 7.30, work most of the day, then turn around, go to the restaurant, serve until late at night, do it all over again. Fit, like on the weekends and when I had free time, do four classes online. And then as if I wasn't busy enough, I said, hmm, I have one day a week off, Wednesday. I should really get a third job and fill up that day as well. And so I went and got, uh, probably halfway through that semester, I went and got an internship from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Needless to say, I was so tired. I was the most tired that I have ever been in my entire life. And maybe you can relate to what, who here is tired? Anyone tired here tonight? And if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying, because every time I ask you, how are you, you know what you tell me? You say, I'm good, but tired. Or you say, man, rough week. I'm so tired. We're all so tired. But have you ever wondered, have you ever considered, man, is this how it's supposed to be? Am I, are we supposed to just go through life continually exhausted, perpetually tired? Or maybe something is off. For me, something was off. And I, man, it took me crashing into a brick wall to realize that the reason I was perpetually tired, and this may be the same reason you're perpetually tired, is not because of how busy I was. Some of us are in here incredibly busy, and we're exhausted. But some of us in here are incredibly bored and spend so much of our time doing nothing and yet we still go to bed tired and wake up tired the next day. I think that the reason for this is not because of how busy or how bored you are, but potentially because we don't understand Sabbath. Maybe you are so exhausted here tonight because you do not understand what Sabbath is. So my goal for tonight is really simple. I want to walk through a couple passages of Scripture 
And I'm hoping to walk us through as we discover what Sabbath is, why it's important, and then very practically how we can start practicing Sabbath, whatever that may mean, in our lives here in Orlando 2019. Sound good? So if you will, please let's turn to our first, open your Bibles or your Bible apps. If you can, turn to Genesis chapter 2. Should be at the very beginning of your Bible or your Bible app. Genesis chapter 2. And this is the first question we're going to ask tonight. What is Sabbath? What is Sabbath? Now, maybe you grew up in a Christian tradition or a church denomination where they kind of talked about this word. That's fine. Maybe you've never heard this word and it's like, is this another one of the weird Christian, Christianese words? Yes, kind of, but it's okay. Um, we're going to talk about what is Sabbath tonight. The first thing you need to understand is that this isn't a man-made idea. And if you grew up, growing up in church, growing up in a Christian tradition where Sabbath was talked about, it's easy to think, oh, this is just something we do. But it's not. Sabbath has its origin all the way at the beginning of God's Word. So let's look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and the wall and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day for all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now here's the first thing I want you guys to notice. For God, Sabbath, this idea of Sabbath that starts here in Genesis, isn't about recovery. It's about rest. Sabbath isn't about recovery. In other words, God wasn't tired. He didn't put in, oh man, I worked an extra, I worked all six days this week, kind of tired, God, can't wait for my day off on Sunday. That's not what's going on here. It's not, and some of you might be thinking, oh, that kind of sounds like the, two words for the same thing, but it's not, and I'll show you it's not. How many of you have ever been sick on vacation? Yeah, recently, probably four or five months ago, I took my wife on a surprise trip to New Orleans and for her birthday. And man, the worst timing ever, I guess, with my biological clock. Because five days before we were supposed to fly out from Orlando to New Orleans, I got swimmer's ear. Any of you ever had swimmer's ear before? If you haven't, imagine the worst ear infection you've ever had, but it's just like your entire face. It just has an ear infection all over. And at first, it's just like, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable. But at, I mean, after a couple days, it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. And as if that wasn't enough, about three days before we left for our trip, we both got the flu. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. And so we fly to New Orleans, supposed to be this romantic getaway. We're expecting romance and jazz music and like wandering through the streets. Man, it was miserable. The entire vacation can be summed up in three words. Gatorade, soup, and well, I guess this is two words, cable television. <laughs> the entire time we would go out, we would walk to dinner and we would have dinner and then we'd be like, you just want to go back to the room? 
Yeah, and we would just go back to the room. That, why? Because we were sick and we needed to recover. That's what recovery is. That's not what Sabbath is. That's not what's happening here to God. God isn't sick or depleted because he just put in a full work week. Something else. It's rest. And because God values rest, as you can imagine, this is in Genesis. Throughout the entire scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, into the New Testament, up until the beginning of the New Testament where Jesus arrives on the scene, God, because God values rest, God's people start valuing rest. And that's why if all throughout the Old Testament, you have God's people, the, Israel, the nation of Israel, practicing this cycle of rest, trying to rest in kind of a weekly rhythm called Sabbath. And typically, on the last day of the week, everyone would shut down, spend time with their families, have a meal, and practice Sabbath. That's where this comes from, right? Well, Jesus walks on the scene, and of course, he ruins everything in the best possible way. He shows up, and if you can, turn in your Bibles to Mark 2. Mark 2, verse 23 through 28. When Jesus comes on the scene... There's been hundreds, if not thousands of years of this tradition, this religious tradition of Sabbath. And he shows up on the scene and completely breaks all of the rules of a thousand years of tradition. This is what, Jesus, this is what happens when Jesus comes on the scene in Mark 2. Let's read it and I'll give you a little bit of background afterwards. Verse 23, one Sabbath he was going, this is Jesus, he was going through the grain fields and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. So they're walking through the fields. They're walking on this dirt road. They're walking through these fields of grain. And what do the disciples do? The disciples are hungry. Excuse me. So they start walking through the fields and picking little pieces of grain, popping it in their mouth and chewing it up. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, this is Jesus. Ooh, watch this. He said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any day but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And then here are the key two verses, y'all. Verse 27. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. This is the entire key to understanding what this whole Sabbath thing is all about. And if you take nothing else from tonight, this is what you should write down. It's that, if I can find it in my notes, you can recover without Jesus, but you can't rest without Jesus. Listen, y'all. You can recover without Jesus. You can spend all weekend sleeping without Jesus, but you will never find Sabbath rest without Jesus. And, man, if there's anyone who knows what this is about, I feel like it's me. Because there is such a polar, my weekend when I'm trying to recover and my weekend when I'm trying to rest are polar opposites. Maybe you can relate to my recovery weekend. My recovery weekend, 
starts with me sitting in front of the couch. Of course, I'm in my pajamas, obviously. And so I sit in front of the couch. I turn on um, Netflix, but for you, maybe Disney Plus now. Let's be, let's be honest. And turn on Netflix, and then I go to my list on Netflix, which are like 100 movies that I'm never going to watch, but I just like to pretend that I'm going to watch them sometime. And then I scroll through, and then I choose one, right? And then I click play. About two minutes in, something buzzes. You know what I'm talking about, the buzz? I'm like, oh, something very urgent is happening on my phone right now. I better check it out. And so I start scrolling through whatever social media buzzed, and then I realize, oh, I'm missing the movie. So I pick up the remote, and I pause the movie. I go, I'll be, I'll be back with you, Leonardo DiCaprio. Give me one second. Um, and then I start scrolling through whatever social media, and then I look up, and it's been like three hours, and I'm like, what, what, is, what just happened? And then I'm frustrated with myself that I haven't gotten through the movie at all. So I'm like, oh, I hate you. Throw it, and then pick it back up, and then put it on the table, and then click play again, and then watch another five minutes, and then meh. I'm like, oh. I wonder what that is. And then I end up watching like magic tricks on YouTube for some reason. And then, and then the next moment, like I get up to go to the bathroom and I walk back and then it's Sunday night all of a sudden. I'm like, what just happened? Like it's Sunday night and I've only, I'm only 10 minutes into this movie and I don't remember one thing that I scrolled through on my phone this entire weekend. Yo, that is recovery mode. That is, I am so exhausted during my week that all I can do is just veg throughout the entire weekend. And believe it or not, the religious leaders of Jesus' time, this is what they were preaching. They weren't preaching God-centered rest. They were preaching recovery rituals. Do X, Y, and Z. Rest your, your um, cows. Rest your horses. Don't do this. Don't do that. Get back up on Monday and go do it again. Functionally, the Pharisees were just being like a really mean HR department. You know what I mean? Like a really rigid HR department that wasn't, you know, giving you any flexibility with your work schedule. And they were like, you know, I know, I, I know that you are a grown adult, but if I say you have to rest exactly for 30 minutes for this break and you can't clock in two minutes early, that is what you're going to do. And you're like, okay, if you say so, man, it's kind of missing the point, but I'll do what you say. This is the condition of the religious leader's heart in Jesus' time. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, you're missing the point. You're missing the entire point of what started in Genesis. Because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I, Jesus, am the key to the rest that you so desperately need. And nothing else is going to satisfy you. And maybe for you, for you it's not Netflix and social media. Maybe for you, you're particularly extroverted. And so for you, man, I can't wait for Friday night so I can go out with people who I kind of like, drink too much, feel crappy for the rest of the weekend, and then tell stories about it on Monday. Uh-oh. That was a nervous chuckle. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> Can I keep going? Is that okay? Okay. Maybe for you, it's I'm going to work 
mindlessly for 11 and a half months so I can save all my money to go to that one city that I saw on Instagram and spend all the money that I worked for with people who I don't know and don't care about, but that will take my picture so I can post it on Instagram so everyone will know. <laughs> Maybe on a smaller level, for you it's concerts or events. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Maybe for you, and this may be for all of us, maybe it's sleeping too much. Maybe you get home, you get home, and it doesn't have to be the weekend. We, know, we all know how it is in Orlando. Whatever your weekend is, like Monday at 4 p.m. to like Wednesday morning at 4 a.m., whatever your weekend is, you just, you get to your, whatever your weekend is, you go to bed, and you're not fully conscious until you have to go back to work. You just live in this state of like, recovery. Just trying to get back to neutral, trying to get back to zero so that you can go and do it again without dying. Y'all, if this is you, if this perpetual tiredness is you, listen to me. Jesus is calling you to more. Jesus is calling you to more than just this recovery ritual and this lifestyle of trying to save up all your energy to waste it on the weekend. Jesus is calling you to Sabbath, to rest in him, to find delight in him in a way you could never imagine. And for me, I, I feel like I'm a completely, I've been on this Sabbath journey for about a year now. I feel like I'm a completely different human being. Maybe my family and friends can attest to it. Like, my weekends just feel completely different. And the biggest thing is when I go back to work on Monday, I'm not tired. I feel rested. You can have that too. Now, the thing is, it might look a little bit different for you than it does for me. And that's totally okay. Because we have Jesus in common. So, practically... This is what I want to do with us. I want us to consider super practically what, what your rest in Jesus could look like very practically on your next day off. I'm not talking about like when your next vacation. Whenever your next day off is, I want you to walk out of here tonight with a practical way to rest in Jesus. Okay? But as we think through that, here is the, the basis of what you need to know and when it comes to practically resting in Jesus. And it's that all the way since Genesis, throughout the Old Testament, God's people, throughout the New Testament, God's people, after the New Testament, all of the history of Christianity, resting in Jesus has always had three main ingredients. And they'll be on your screen. Number one, rest three main ingredients. Number one is no to-do list. Uh-oh. Um, number two is prayer, and number three is community. And those are a little intentionally vague for a reason, because these three things, depending on who you are, whose God has made you to be, might look a little bit different, right? 
So what I want to do is put these categories on the board and, and walk through what possibly each of these could look like in some different variations. Um, no, if we can have that on the screen. There we are. Number one, so no to-do list. What does that look like? Well, no to-do list could look like sleep. I'm not here preaching against sleep. You should be sleeping. Sleep is good. Don't stay up all night. But is it intentional sleep? It, is it, man, I'm going to sleep because I worked hard and because I know God is in control and I'm going to wake up at a decent time <laughs> tomorrow, right? Maybe no to-do list no to-do list for you because you maybe have a very busy schedule or you're just so stressed. It's just playing a game. It's playing a card game with your friends. Maybe, listen, I know this might be heresy to some of the, the girlfriends in the room, but maybe it's playing video games. Or, I mean, if you're a female gamer, please don't be offended by what I just said. That wasn't the point. But <laughs> maybe it's, it's, playing, it's playing games with friends. That's, that's totally cool. Play is important. Maybe it's reading. Focus. I mean, spending your time focusing your mind on linear thinking and putting away your phone and just concentrating. That can be a no-to-do list kind of thing. Or nature. So important. If you're a beach person, if you're a mountain, well, if you're a mountain person, I guess there's Claremont if you want to call that a mountain. <laughs> but um, if you're a beach person, you're in luck. Coco is an hour away. But, you know, go to Wakiva Springs, whatever. Uh, the no-to-do list can look different for each of us. Prayer. Also, can look completely different. Maybe prayer for you, this kind of prayer habit, can look like studying God's word and intentionally meditating on it for an extended period of time. Maybe it can look like silence. Maybe you're just, you have so many voices in your head and you've got so much going on. You've got in, in the like, computer of your brain, you've got like a thousand tabs open. And maybe you need to go for a walk and instead of picking up your earbuds, leave them at home and just walk in silence. Just think, clear your head. Maybe listen to what God might be saying to you. Maybe it's solitude for the, the ADD folks like me in the room. Sometimes I can shut down technology. I can go for a walk and be silent. And there's like a car driving by. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much that car costs. Like the Kelly Blue Book value. I wonder if I went and offered him a certain number. What is the dollar number. That if I went and offered him, he would be like, on the spot, if you had this in cat, if this is you, like me, maybe you need to get away intentionally. Lock yourself in a room with a guitar and nothing else. And just, even if you don't play guitar, I promise this works. Um, and just sit and just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just uh, strum. This is what it's called. Strum. Um, and get away from all distractions and people. Maybe for you, it's journaling. This is, I think, my wife's favorite. Journaling intentionally, especially if you have a lot of, a lot of stuff going up on, if, especially if you have a lot of stuff happening upstairs in your brain. One of the best ways that you can pray is by opening a piece of, um, a notebook in front of you, taking a pen, and then when, start praying. Then whenever you get distracted, write down what you're distracted about. Keep going. Oh, I, something about my week. Man, I was frustrated when this person said, write it down. And you, it's just a natural way to journal, to clear your head and to pray and talk to God. And lastly, community. So community, I mean, very likely, community can be spending time with family or friends who are like family. People who 
you are particularly close with, who you feel safe with, who maybe you don't get to see at work or at school, and intentionally reaching out to them and spending time with them. Maybe for you, it's just gathering for a meal around the table. But it's um, gathering, get it, the table, okay. Um, gathering for a meal around the table with some friends and intentionally, I mean, do like, the, do like the Romans do. If you've ever seen Eat, Pray, Love, you know. The Romans love to just sit around the table and eat. Do it, go, have fun. Sit around the table and just enjoy food and enjoy life with your friends. Maybe for, it's, for you, it's music. And I, again, I'm not bashing on concerts and, you know, whatever, going to this you know, location downtown that's definitely not a bar because that's definitely not what I was going to say and enjoying some live music on the weekend. Like, cool, go, enjoy art, enjoy music, do it with your friends, do it, meet new people. That's all great. But the only one that we should all be doing is turning off or at least powering down or at least slightly disconnecting from technology. And I'll tell you why. Technology if you're using it, is going to convince you that you have community when you don't. And if you are going to truly, listen, y'all, if you're going to truly devote yourself to resting in Jesus, the first thing that you're going to have to watch yourself is for the lies. The lies of technology that say, oh, it, it's all cool, man. Like, you like, you, you've commented on eight pictures. Everyone loves you. Like, that is the cheapest substitute for what Jesus wants to give you, okay? So listen, very practically, I told you this would be practical. Please, if you have it, pull out your phone, pull out a piece of paper and a pen, whatever you prefer to write on. And this is what I want to do for probably three or four minutes. So look at this list, and then to think and meditate and pray and choose the five to eight rest practices that stand out to you most. And so for some of you, you'll see this and you're like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. For some of us, we may be a little more confused or apprehensive. So I want you to use the breath test, okay? Here's the breath test. When I said family, like half of y'all went, <gasps> Don't write that one down. <laughs> if you gasped when I said the word, don't write that one down. But if I said silence and you went, oh, I could use some silence in my life. Write that one down. Think through it. I want to take it. The band is going to come up and play. And just as uh, to be vulnerable with you guys, to show you exactly what I mean, you can add some customizations to this. In fact, I have, I'd like to show you what my rest recipe looks like. Can I show you guys? This is Alex's rest recipe, okay? Sleeping in, yes, sleeping in. Prayer and people watching. I, I'm not a creeper, I just enjoy like thinking. Um, people watchers in the room, okay. I'm not alone. Um, reading a book that makes me cry. How, how dare you laugh at me? Um, no, no, I'm serious about that one because 
the reason I say reading a book that makes me cry is because it's, um, I, I, for me, in order to rest, I need to turn off my brain a little bit and get in tune with my emotions. So reading something that is a, a novel, any kind of narrative story that's going to tug at my heartstrings, that's what I need. Going to the pool or beach, I prefer the beach because it's nature, but come on, the pool is fine. Um, not looking at my phone all weekend, that's important for me. Going out to dinner with friends. And then last but not least, this is very specific, but listening to Billy Joel or James Taylor. Because the, the best vacation I ever took when I was a little kid with my family, we went to this little beach town where I grew up, and my parents, who hardly ever played music for us in the house, introduced me to Billy Joel and James Taylor. And I kid you not, when I hear the first piano lick of Vienna by Billy Joel, I just completely de-stress. I'm like, Jesus, I love you. Life is good. I don't have to worry. You're in control. Now, my wife's is a little bit different. Don't worry. I told her I was going to do this. Um, for Tori, Tori's rest recipe. Oh, maybe I didn't. Um, uh, number one is making the bed. Starting the morning on the right foot, making the bed. Practicing solitude. Tori's an introvert. Journaling about the future. So not, in, in her case, it's not particularly journaling about her week or meditating or anything like that, but it's dreaming, thinking forward, getting out of kind of the rut of whatever the week um, involved. A clean house, singing and playing worship music. My wife is a wonderful musician. Shopping at a thrift store. Heck yeah. And last but not least, playing card games with friends. As you can see, completely different lists but all built around these three main, and can we put the graphic up there with the three main categories? All built around these three main categories. No to-do list, prayer, and community. So if you guys don't mind starting padding, and what we're gonna do is take a few minutes, do the breath test, see what sticks and what doesn't. Think through these, write five to eight down, and then I'll come back up and wrap us up, okay? Alrighty, guys. Hopefully you should have a list in front of you. Some of you may be a little more basic. Some of you may be a little more customized. That's all right. But I want to warn you about something. For some of us who have been stuck in recovery cycles for a long time, the list in, that you have in front of you might look a lot like a to-do list. And it's not. It might be if you try to do it without Jesus. But if you can find Jesus in the rest, in those five to eight practices, your recovery will turn into something completely else. Can you guys imagine feeling rested? Maybe for some of us, that's just a foreign concept. I know it was for me a couple years ago. I didn't even know what that looked like. Can you imagine what Orlando would feel like if all of God's people were rested? Can you imagine the relationships you could build, the ministry you could do? Man, particularly when it comes to 
the people in your networks and neighborhoods and classrooms and offices. Man, if you could just model Jesus's rest for them, those people don't want any more of our stress religion. They've had enough of that. They've been invited to enough of those gatherings. But what our world is missing, what our city beautiful is missing, is people who live in Jesus' rest and who call our friends and our neighbors and say, come, his yoke is so light. Following him is not a burden. It's more than religion, I promise. Come, taste and see that Jesus is so good. And if you don't know where to start, honestly, I'm not kidding about this. If you don't know where to start, if even with this list in front of you, you're just lost, why not come to our retreat this week? Our entire point of the retreat this weekend is to rest in Jesus. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have no to-do list. We're gonna have prayer and we're gonna have community for like four nights. That's the entire point. If you don't know where to start, if you need a restart and you're, you're, you're going crazy with your recovery cycle and you need a restart and it, to be able to rest in Jesus, maybe for the first time in a long time, Come talk to me. Come talk to one of our leaders, anyone with a lanyard on after, after the service tonight. We'd love to get you the rest, get you to the rest that Jesus wants you to have. Without further ado, can we sing to Jesus? Can we thank him for inviting us into his rest? Stand with me. We're gonna sing, God, you're so good. And as we sing, I just implore you, please ask him to give you the rest that you so desperately need.